And welcome back to the Common Knowledge Podcast. Uh, this is your host this time, Andrew. And I'm with Matt. Hey, guys. Um, today, we're going to do a topic that has uh, kind of been my hobby for the last couple of years. It's uh, photography. Um, when I was living with Matt, I would go out all the time to take photos and come back and shit. So, uh, I don't know. What, what, what did you think about that when i was doing well that. i you know you do you do take some great photos you have a great instagram account we'll make sure that we put that into the, the show notes for today as well because you have some great photos on your instagram at andrew capella yes. at andrew yep. capella instagram yeah, yeah. plug <laughs> yeah. it plug it early plug it early <laughs> plug it late, bro. but uh no I, you know what i um i i have an appreciation for photography my mother uh was a photography major in university but i am terrible at it i have very little knowledge. I even took a photography class, but I forgot everything about it. So this is definitely going to be helpful for me because I, you know, want to get better at it and stuff. So uh, you want to talk about specific, a specific element of photography when that is. Yeah. So um, with, so I'm going to talk to you guys about the, specifically the either DSLR camera or the mirrorless camera, which they're both, um, yeah. So, what's a DSL? What does DSLR stand for? Do you remember? <laughs> digital single re- digital single lens reflex. Okay. All right. So, so we have the digital single lens reflex, which um, the way it works is light goes through the lens and it hits a mirror that's angled, and that mirror would go up to the viewfinder, and that's how you would look through the camera. Okay. And then when you press the shutter button the mirror would flick up and allow the light to go through and hit the sensor of the back of the camera and that would record it digitally or in the past would be film and nowadays there's um a new new style of camera which is mirrorless which is getting a lot popular um in terms of what i'm teaching today there's not really any difference at all so if you buy a mirrorless or a dslr it doesn't make a difference but um is one more expensive yeah, or cheaper or and or do they have different price points? Or? Um, it's just, yeah. Well, it's just generally the mirrorless is smaller. Uh, in theory, the battery life is better, but the batteries are not. They're actually worse in, compared to DSLR cameras. So you actually get better battery life in the like DSLR. But yeah, everything's less mechanical in those. Even though a lot of them still have like a shutter. It's uh. It's it's got like a smaller body. That's basically the biggest difference for for the and for the user. If if you're listening to this, you're a beginner probably. So the biggest difference for you is it'll be smaller. Um, the technology isn't as ripe as DSLR, so you know you might get something cheaper or, or something like slightly better quality, more bang for your buck with a DSLR compared to mirrorless. But definitely coming to the future, the mirrorless will um will take over. Having said that, uh. The most expensive part of a camera usually for most people or should be is the lens. And um, any lens you buy for a uh, f- now will work on your cameras in the future as long as they have the same sensor size and the same mount, which, which you know, like each company has their own mount and own set. Like, so kind of like you got to be careful with that kind of thing. When you buy a camera, you buy a Canon or you buy a Sony, you're actually buying into the ecosystem, the lens ecosystem, because there's like limited compatibility between um, different camera manufacturers. So yeah. it's like hard to put like so a Sony lens onto a Canon K7 
camera in most situations you're saying yeah it's possible but it's definitely you might lose features it makes it more difficult and you have to buy like an expensive adapter so it's it's definitely worth considering which kind of like ecosystem you want to buy into canon being the most popular right now sony with them is become really popular because of the mirrorless and then you have um the nikon cameras which is kind of like the the Canon uh, alternatives, yeah. Okay, yeah, because so so it sounds kind of like uh, you know, kind of like the, the debate between Apple and Android kind of thing. And when you're in on one, then you're kind of in on it completely. Yep, yep, that's pretty much it. It's, it's it's a bit worse when it comes with cameras. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And um, and, but, and yeah. lenses are uh, they can be pretty expensive. I know that some people they uh, you know they have to really consider if they're gonna use the camera professionally. They need to make an investment almost to, in the lens that they buy. Yeah, it's it's. It goes from like a few hundred for like a cheap lens to a uh, like a few thousand, like four thousand or something for some lenses, and then that's just for like photography. If you're going to like film, then it's whew, like a red camera. You're looking at spending like tens of thousands of dollars, wow. and yeah. yeah, it's out of control, man. That's pretty. That's pretty out there. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, of course, with the DSLR, it's more of a professional camera, as you said, and I guess that would mean that you're taking photos probably in theory for um i don't know for um newspapers or or what have you now your photos uh apart from the instagram what else do you use them for um well anything you use photos for right like keeping memories and things it's always nice to have i mean it's like like a skill that you know if you go on a holiday or something you just have like nice pictures of of your family or you know your loved ones and I don't know. I feel it's it's just the main reason to get into it is for it's like a hobby, you know. There's there's no real other reasons. Like if you enjoy kind of uh, like taking photos, you know, you have pleasure in that. You know, I have to say before before we move on, though, is that um, spending all that money on gear doesn't make you a better photographer. Like people always say that, but it's it's completely true. I have a friend who's running a like a. Uh, a decently big Instagram account and he's still rocking his like Canon 70D, which is a sub $1,000 camera, including the lens. He still uses like the kit lens of it on it. And um, yeah, he's, and then other guys have like spending like $10,000 on their, on their setup, you know? So it definitely, you, you can, you know, you could almost use your like camera phone, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the pictures if you know what you're doing. Yeah, you know? the, the cameras on phones these days are pretty excellent, but obviously you're not going to be able to shoot in the the uh, the quality that a professional camera is going to be able to get for you because uh, yeah, you get the raw photo, uh, and I don't know if we're not going to be talking about editing today, but when you have a raw photo, it's definitely easier to make clear edits with it, right? Yeah, so a raw photo is an uncompressed photo because usually. The um like a camera phone will compress to save space, a lot of wasted space, but then you lose a lot of data. So if you have like a shadow that something's completely black in, if it's raw, that shadow might still have data on whatever that is in that shadow and you can bring it up in, in on your computer when you edit it later. Um yeah, I think that's what you lose out most with the camera phones, is that you don't have as much flexibility. Um like for instance, you can't change the aperture size. And you can't you can't do like as much artistic things. However, you know, it's like as technology improves, maybe in the future, who knows? Maybe they'll be like you know just as good as today's digital like DSLRs. But you know, uh, 
I it'll be a long time. <laughs> from yeah, now yeah, for sure. So let's go through um, some of the tips that you wanted to give me here. So what what can I do with a DSLR that will improve my my photography? Well, the first thing I want to talk about is actually um, the the most important thing of photography is just having an artistic eye, like perception, perceiving nice photos is the best way to take a good photo, right? Like, you know, you can, if you take a photo of a road or like a, a corridor or something, you know, if you just take it from any location in that corridor, it would just be like, it'll look very amateur, very messy. But if you pick your spot, go right in the center, you go observe the lines in real life. Like you can see, um, if you can't pay attention to like things that lead your eyes. So like the reason I use a road as an example, because if you stand right in the middle of a road, you can kind of see the vanishing point. If you're like a straight road, you can see the lines kind of like go a little bit inwards into like a vanishing point in the distance. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So kind of like something yeah. pointing your eye towards the horizon. Yeah. So if you pay attention to kind of like how the environment around you, like how your eyes move around and try to like frame the picture and try to like, you know, zoom in. If you don't have a zoom on your camera, just use your feet to zoom. Just like walk up to whatever you're, or walk away from whatever you're taking a photo of. Mm-hmm. And uh, just try to f- frame it. That's like the most important thing is taking a good picture, I think. Okay. Like number one is- Framing how it. To, you know, yeah, frame. It's like get on the ground if you have to, you know, if you want to get that great shot, you're on the ground, climb something, you know, be, you know, be safe, but- yeah, that's, kind of like the, that's why I like I I think um, drones have been so popular because they get like a different perspective, right? Compared to um, now, f- yeah. uh, for people that aren't aware, I'm sure that's not very many, but uh, dr- people do take a lot of pictures with uh, with quad quad. Um, I forget what they're called quad dr- quadcopter drones. So f- drones yeah, with four drones, yeah, f- with four rotors on them because they can hover. Um, yeah, they they take really interesting photos and like you said a very unique perspective for sure so that's why they're pretty yeah that's that's the biggest thing yeah yeah okay so framing is pretty big obviously like andrew said don't be safe don't lie in the middle of the uh the hume highway or the uh you know the the uh, the 401 or something like that <laughs> you know you want to yeah don't don't do that but yeah nice quiet road take lie down you can get probably a good shot with that for sure okay cool so framing and you want to get the lines right what else we got going i mean you just there's like an artistic element. So like in terms of like trying to find something with nice color or, you know, you have like your foreground, your midground, your background, you try to like play with that. So you have maybe, you know, if you just take a picture of someone standing at the beach is cool. But if you have like, you know, uh, a little bit of leaf coming in the, in the foreground and like something happening in the background, you kind of suddenly have a more interesting picture. I think the most important thing, if you want to get good, with this kind of, um, you know, artistic eyes to look at other people's photos on, on, you know, it's like Instagram or even an art gallery, look at paintings, just look at what other people are doing. Try to like, try to pay attention to what they do. So like, see how their lines are, see how like they, they use color, see how they use, you know, framing, why are things in certain, like overanalyze any picture or painting or even like movies that you see this, some amazing uh, movies nowadays, especially where they have um, just great looking. Like if you took a picture of any frame 
of that movie is like it look amazing, you know? Right. Okay. It's like a picture in every frame kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. So so the colors are important. Now I know a lot of people like black and white photography. How do you feel about black and white? Because I know it adds. It's kind of a yeah. Movie I thing. love it. Yeah. No. It's it's great. Uh, with that, you're playing with. I think if you want to, if you're practicing photography and you're a beginner, I think trying black and white is really good because. Um, you have to play with light a lot more. So I think that's like another really important part of photography is uh, playing with light. So I'm not saying that you have to buy like some lights to like light your scene, but just using like lights in nature and things like that. Like how does the photo look on a sunny day compared to a cloudy day, compared to night, you know, compared to a street lamp indoors. So with black and white photography, light is super important, you know, cause you don't have color. You don't have like, yeah. If you compare like an old black and white movie, like a film noir kind of look where, you know, they use kind of like someone's in shadow and have like the, the streaks of lines in the face coming through, you know, some blinds or something like that, right? You can see how how much they play with light and how important it is. You can do that with color photography as well, but with black and white, it's like um, it becomes more apparent, you know? So I don't know. I, I, love, I love black and white. If you can, if you can pull it off, if you can... Would you say it's, would it? you yeah. say, would you say successful black and white photos are higher than color photos then if that's the case? Cause if, it, cause it sounds like lighting is a bit of a thing that you need to really kind of get some practice in. Cause that it's a whole skill within itself. So would you argue that black yeah, and it, white it definitely is. is professional looking black and white is harder than professional looking color? I would say it's different. I mean, you need good lighting with, um, with like color photography as well, but. I guess what I would say is that with all these things, all these styles and all these kind of, you know, black and white, whatever, it's all about uh, what you're trying to get out of the photo. Like what feel is your photo? What story or feel or emotions are you trying to portray in your photo? And that's how you decide whether to go black and white or color, right? So, right. Um, yeah, I wouldn't call it more difficult, right? I would just say it's... Uh, it's got a different. It's got a different set of skills. Almost. It's just different. Yeah, 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 yeah. I um definitely. If you've never done black and white photography before, then I'll you'd probably have a tough time adjusting mm-hmm. at first. But then, yeah, yeah. But the same the other way around. If you've never done color before, you'd also have a hard time adjusting. Yeah. I um yeah. You're talking about color, and I my my best example I thought with my very limited you know, uh, co- my limited experience in photography. I had a um I was working a job in. Glebe, which is a which is a suburb of of Sydney, and uh, there's a I was working on the top of a hill overlooking the city, and uh, I took the same shot on two different mornings. They're both both at the about the same time in the morning, about seven o'clock in the morning. But uh, the colors that I got from one from one day were it was blue because it was the sun was coming up. But then there's another day where um, in Sydney, I don't know if a lot of people know this. Uh, there's a lot of bushfires during the summertime so what they do during the the springtime is they burn off some of the back bush to try and limit the amount of fires during the summer and so there's a big kind of mist well not a mist but like a, a haze over sydney it came out really orange this really vibrant orange i think yeah you definitely like you were saying before capturing that kind of feel because you, that was that was going to be the most unique picture i, I was ever going to take of sydney because that doesn't very that doesn't happen very often where you get that kind of that haze Sydney's usually a very clear city so definitely timing i think is also another huge thing for photography yeah i i think 
I mean, the best for photo- like the best photographers go out every day, right? So I know, um, especially kind of uh, wildlife photographers, they would go out, you know, to the same spot for weeks or months and just like camp out, just take that one picture of that one animal doing that one thing, you know. So like patience is a huge part of photography, you know. Um, yeah, you can go to the same beach every day and get like different pictures because you know the sky is slightly different that day, or it's raining that day, or whatever. So yeah, definitely, that's that's a big aspect of photography, you know. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot goes taking that one. There's a lot to go. There's a lot that goes behind taking that one perfect picture, you know? Yeah. There's like thousands of pictures before that that you don't see. Patience yeah. and persistence, I think, are really key. If you want to get the right photo. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, what, with the DSLR specifically, what what what, what are we uh, what are we looking at here? How can we improve my photography over of, uh, using a phone camera? Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, so what I want to teach you guys is how to use your manual mode the m the m on the little dial on most cameras instead of using the automatic mode um and it's actually there's only like a few settings that you really have to watch out for and it's, it's quite easy once you get your hand, head around like what's going on like what what each number means so um the first thing i'll talk about is probably the aperture okay which um in a camera is kind of it's going to be tough to describe in audio but there's a a ring that closes and opens. They're like blades, and it turns. It looks like a circle on the inside, and as they close, they less they let less light in, and as they open, they let more light in. Does that make sense? Precisely. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's called usually called an f-stop, and you have usually like a number like 2.0, 2.8, f. I mean, sorry, uh, four. 5.68 there's like f-stop 2.0 whatever so these are like the sizes of the aperture the the smaller the number is the larger the more light is being let through and the smaller the the bigger the number the smaller the aperture okay so the smaller the aperture there's less light going through so the smaller the hole does that make sense yep so so you want to have less light for things like what i mean like if it's let's say it's too so Taking a photo is all about balance, like trying to get that perfect um, amount of light hitting the sensor, right? So if it's a really sunny day and you have a lot of light, one of the things you can do is close the aperture to let less light through. Okay. How about stuff like it's, action shots? Do that? Does that usually, or is that a different setting we're um, looking at? Yeah, no, that that will be a different setting, but it, all the settings kind of affect each other. So at the end you are kind of like explain how each setting affects what and how to do each shot. Right. Mm-hmm. So, okay, cool. Okay. But yeah, generally in a, in an action shot, you'd want, so the next, the next step, the next thing I'll talk about is the shutter speed. So the first thing is the aperture, how much light's going through. And then remember how I said before, there's like a little mirror that flicks up and down. Yes. Behind that, there's a little shutter that basically, um, in modern cameras, is it's probably not a physical moving thing, but in the past it would have been. But it, basically, what it is, um, is it lets light through or it doesn't, right? So the speed that it lets light through, so like that one twentieth of a second, it lets the light through, or one fiftieth of a second, or one hundredth of a second. That how that's how much light gets through. Yeah. Okay. And here's the film. So let's just say I leave it open for one second, one whole second. 
the shutter. You're going to get like a little bit of a smear effect if there's movement. Yes, right? of course. That makes sense. Because m- most of the time, yeah. the shutter, I know this a little bit, the shutter is usually very much, much quicker than a second. It's usually... Yeah, exactly. And like, so like, what would be a standard kind of uh, setting for that? If you, I think one thing that makes it easy for me to get my head around is uh, movies, at least the old 24 frames per second movies that you watch in a cinema traditionally, they would generally have a shutter speed of a 50th of a second. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, a fi- f- so a fifty of a second is if you remember the if you pause a movie when there's like a bit of action and you see how much blur there is there. That's about one fiftieth of a second to get your head around it. Okay. So yeah, a whole second would be pretty. Like, you you take you take in a lot be, of movement. Yeah. If there's movement, it's just gonna be a blur basically. If you're if you're opening yeah, for a exactly. second. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So for action yeah, shots, you're probably going to, you're probably going to tone, I'm guessing, I mean, just based on the logic, if you're taking an action shot, for example, if you're at a sports match, like you, like, uh, I don't know about rugby, but in, in Amer- most American sports, there's usually like a ring of, um, photographers around the, uh, the action and they take thousands and thousands of pictures. And I'm assuming that those guys are, are running like shutter speeds of, I, I can't imagine how yeah, they, quick it would be. So what? what they what? could be like three thousandth of a second or something like that to get yeah. that crispy. Wow! Yeah, that's that, that's. I I didn't know that. That's like pretty. Still image, yeah, yeah. yeah, three thousandths of a second is pretty quick. That's it's open for for no time basically. Yeah, they have cameras. Yeah, basically they have cameras especially made for um like sports and action. Um, yeah, I mean any camera can do it, but like. You know, like that, like some lenses and some cameras just do it better, of, right? Of course, yeah. Especially because sure. you have like the shutter speed, but you also have how many times per second, like you can actually physically take a photo, right? So, um, you know, so how many, like, how many photos can you take a second with per second with your camera on your phone? You know what I mean? Like, um, compared to that with like a movie camera, which is taking a camera every. 25 like 25 times a second to make like a like a film right a motion picture yeah exactly so you have like action cameras yeah you have action cameras doing like i mean it doesn't sound very impressive but it is like 12 maybe like 12 plus frames per second which um if you think about that's like uncompressed that's like a lot of data that they have to store 12 times a second you know so yeah no, it's huge. That's kind of like how you get those crispy shots exactly. Because, you know, when something's moving too fast, it's hard to get that perfect timing. So you just, you take a lot of photos of, you know, that guy kicking a ball. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, and then you were talking about doing it on the very kind of dramatic side, the other way, the the one second side, that would be things for like, what would you, what would you use that kind of, sh- that kind of uh, shutter speed for? You can go up to, most cameras go up to um, like 30 seconds. They'll stay open for. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the reason they're used is, have you seen those photos of the night street where the car's lights are just like long lines of like light going through the scene? You can see like, you know, the tail lights, kind of like one long line. Yep, absolutely, I know exactly. Or like the stars that are yeah. like in a circle or are blurred because there's movement of the of the, the stars, that kind of thing. Yeah, those stars that are circles, that's a lot more than... 30 seconds. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. That's a good example. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The earth doesn't spin that quickly. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's, that's a really good example. So those kind of things you want to leave 
your lens open for as long as possible. And you kind of like want the scene as dark as possible as well. Right. Okay. Um, depending on where you're taking a photo of, like the stars, especially. That's why people who take photos of like, like astrophotographers, they look for a moonless night, as far as away from cities as they possibly can be, and as and as like high on a mountain as they can be to get those like nice, like bright stars and seeing those really faint stars. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're not gonna get too much into it. I I, I have a bit of a affinity for ast- uh, um, astronomy and. Uh, I know that like the one that they did the the Hubble deep space shots. Those like they had to do huge all night kind of as as much as it was in that sky zone of the sky and taking a picture of a dark patch of the of the of the night sky and it was just to pick up all those faint galaxies that are like from billions of years ago. You know, so yeah, exactly. I mean, it's very ex- yeah. That's that stuff's insane, man. Yeah, it's an extreme example, obviously, but but um, yeah, but yeah, no, but that, that that's good. That's good. So like. It's a really good example, actually. I think, because mm-hmm. um, that shows like the the super duper extreme of how, like, the speed of the shuttle, you know, how open it can be. Right. And then we go down like up to like sports photography or nature photography, where you know you'd want like a nice quick shutter speed. Um, but so the the thing is like you can combine those two elements I just said the um the f-stop number so the aperture mm-hmm. and the shutter speed to um to control uh the amount of light going in right so if you have it wide open this is a really sunny day and you have the aperture wide open but you have a really quick shutter speed it, it that kind of like leaves leaves in the same amount of light than if you have the aperture closed and you have a slower shutter speed Right. Right. So you're trying to find, trying to strike a balance, as you said earlier. Yeah, yeah. So that's called the exposure. You're trying to find like a nice balance exposure, and um, your camera actually has a will have like an exposure guide. You kind of have to find it. It's um, usually like a number between like say negative two and and two, and it does its best guess of estimating how much light is coming through. Um, it can't 100% be trusted, but it's a really good guide. Okay. Yeah. So so generally you you want to get your exposure to zero. I see. But I I usually like f- taking photos um you know like one stop down so one stop's like negative 1 or one stop above it depending on what kind of photo I'm trying to take. A lot of people just like taking one stop down. Um so what what yeah. does so what kind of shots are you like just to give me a kind of idea so, what so what's a one shot okay, down so, what kind of shot are we taking with that? So where a lot of this has to come from intuition like you just have to get your camera your camera and just take photos with it because then you start to learn how your camera behaves and what what comes out of it if you have like a you know high f-stops low f-stop high shutter speed low shutter speed whatever you just have to like learn your camera um but generally like it's easier to get details in post in post like on the computer it's easier to get details out of um shadows than it is out of if something is too bright you usually get cleaner shadows like so if you take a photo of this of like a really bright day the sun and everything's really white on the computer you can't bring back the clouds does that make sense you can't like you can't bring the brightness down on the picture on your computer 
and bring the clouds back out. I see. Okay, so when you but a lot of the times you can get a really dark place and bring up the shadows and still see what's there. So that's why people would go one one uh, go to a negative one exposure because it's easier to yeah. be able to pull out some item some some items that are maybe perhaps lost in shadow but more realistically can be kind of retrieved. Whereas if yeah. something's whited out, if there's too much light, then it's just hard to try and salvage salvage the the part of the image you want to get yeah, out. It can be it can be impossible. Like that data is just you know on the digital file. It's just there's just like ones everywhere because it, it's just like completely bright. I see. Like you just you lose that. Okay. Cool. On the on the on the raw file, yeah. Nice. Okay. Cool. cool. Uh, but you do get you do get differences in color and in like contrast and things if you know you shoot with a, like a stop above or a stop below there's like differences you get like a little bit you get like a stop below becomes a little bit more contrasty like a stop or two below oh. it's like a bit more contrasty and uh you know maybe if you hit the the exposure exactly it's you know you get more color details or something like that okay yes it's you just have to uh, so like for example like this is just the one i come have on top of my head here so let's say i'm at a wedding right and i want to maybe I want to create more of a brighter image. So like I want to, you know, the bride's wearing white, the groom's probably wearing boring black or whatever, but because <laughs> men wear boring, boring mm-hmm. stuff at weddings. But um, when you want to take a photo, let's say you're outside, if you go one click above, so you have a positive one exposure, maybe that'll, it'll be a bit, well, avoiding the washout, obviously, where it's too bright, but maybe if you have a little bit higher up, then it kind of gives it a nice white feel. Maybe that's kind of an idea you could do for a wedding. Just would that, would that argument make sense? That's definitely, yeah, that would definitely work. Yeah. Um, I would say if you're starting out, just do a stop, do a little bit darker than you would think Mm -hmm. because, uh, it's, it's just a bit easier. Like, you can have the same effect of having a really nice bright wedding using, you know, Photoshop or Lightroom. Like use it on the computer, you can get that same effect than you can if you shoot too bright. It's like you can get that similar effect. Right. But you can never retrieve those details that you lose when it's too bright. I see. So that's what you that's why you're saying most people uh uh f- shoot with a, a shot Try below to do it. a shot below basically yeah like a, a stop yeah stop below or two or maybe two one or two right you know, like in negative one or negative two or something like that i get you but you just yeah it's it's you just have to learn your camera though it's it's really difficult to say definitely like yeah no that makes that makes perfect definitely sense. more skilled photographers i think would try to hit like it exactly where they want it right and in different conditions the the exposure meter guide kind of like lies to you like in snow uh it's always it'll be over like always overexposed they call it, when it's too bright it's like overexposed yeah uh, and so you'd always have to like you know put a few stops down because it'll naturally try to overexpose your photo because it just doesn't understand like what snow is you know it's not that smart yet oh, okay so yeah so when you're taking snow, you know what I mean? Cause, if you cause take snow, snow shots it really it really messes up the settings a bit hey yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, luck- luckily for you, that's so, not yeah, very you common. Ha- but, <laughs> but yeah, in Australia, your, right? Given your <laughs> geography, but um, no, I, I mean, that makes sense though. So yeah, taking fo- snow shots is probably pretty tough. Uh, desert shots are probably pretty harder. Just everything's a bit brighter during the day. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I've never taken a desert shot either, so I, I, I can't comment. But right, um, definitely, 
your location, time of day, and everything affects your settings, and you just have to learn it. Yeah, like, it's just it's just intuition. I there's no yeah guidance guidance because every camera is different, every lens is different. You know, it's just. But there, but having said that, there are things that um, I can teach you. Mm-hmm. Sure. Which is, uh, so remember how I said you know you can have either the aperture wide open or um, or smaller, you know that kind of thing. So you already know the shutter speed affects like the blur of the photo and how like you might want a little bit of blur and depending on kind of shot that you want to take, you know, you could be artistic with it. But with the aperture, it affects, um, you know, when you take a photo and the background is blurry yeah, and, and the foreground sharp or something like that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 So you, you can, you can play with that sharpness. And that's, and that's based on the aperture. Yeah. The aperture affects that a lot. So the more. The more open the aperture is, the more of um, the the more of that blurriness you get. So they call it bokeh. Okay. And the more bokeh you get, the op- more the more open your um, the aperture is. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah. And the thin, sure. the smaller it is, so yes. Yeah, so if if you like, if you have it too open, you know, try to take a picture of someone's eye. You know, maybe the eyes in focus, but the nose isn't, and that's a bit. You know, that's a bit too extreme, you know, you, you, you kind of like, unless you want to get that out of the photo, you know, it's all artistic, but if you're trying to take a nice portrait, then that might be a bit too extreme to have like the nose out of focus and the eyes in focus. Right. So, okay. So the other thing that affects, so before, same subject, before we move on, mm-hmm. the other thing that affects bokeh and how much bokeh there is in your photos is your lens, like the, how zoomed in your lens is, which I'll get to what that part later but how zoomed in your lens in if it's more zoomed in you get more bokeh basically oh, okay that makes sense of course yeah 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 cool okay yeah because if you want to take like um yeah if you if you really want to wash out the background large you'll see so you, what you're going to do is you have a large you'll have a, your f-stop will be higher but your shutter speed will be quicker is what you're saying yep that's basically it yeah okay cool if you want to have a nice washed out background yeah yeah like you have a um, portrait of two pe- a person or two in the front foreground the background's really kind of washed out that's what you kind of aim for yep exactly yeah okay cool and um i would, I would say that uh when when your lens what they call it your like lens is wide open like that you get um most lenses uh you lose a little bit of detail like it becomes a little bit more blurry because it's, it's like you're pushing the limit of your lens if you keep it, like, wide open. Like, you lose, um, yeah, like, detail, yeah. Right, no, I understand. Does that make sense? No, it makes total sense. So having, like, a nice, yeah, having, like, a nice middle ground kind of, like, or, like, you got you got to research your lens, but maybe having, you know, a couple stops, like, F-stops, a couple F-stops down might make the image a bit more sharper. Right. But sometimes you just don't care and you want nice, like, bokeh, so you just, like, leave it wide open. And some lenses, you can leave it wide open, so... Yeah, you really have to know your your camera. Yeah, very cool. Okay, cool, cool. So uh, that takes us into your. I'm assuming your next point here, which is. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say talk about the zoom or focal length. Okay, cool. So what? So how, yeah, zoom is important. You were saying before you can zoom with your feet. You can walk up or walk away from something. But uh, how do we zoom with your with your lens properly? So yeah, so on your lens they would have like one or two rings, right? One, and you have to know which, if it's like the further away 
ring or the closer ring you have to like know based on your camera but basically one ring usually does uh zoom yep so let's say so they it's measured in millimeters so you say you have um you know i think the standard where your eyes what people say your eyes see in around like 50 millimeters right that's roughly okay. like how wide your eyes see so when you talk about zoom you're talking about like how wide it is as well so the more zoomed in the more narrow the view is right right yeah that makes sense. so if you want to take a picture of the sky you want something super wide so like maybe like you're talking about like 10 millimeters of like the whole sky i don't know exactly how how many millimeters you need for like the whole sky but let's say you want to like an astro like a um an astrophotography kind of day you know you want something super wide or you know or you taking photos indoors you want something more wide to take up take more of the environment you know right the wider it is, the less zoomed in, the less bokeh. That's one thing you have to remember as well. Okay, so what? So like, um, just to kind of, I'm not totally clear yet. So our eyes are yeah. at 50. So if something more zoomed in will have a smaller number. So like, we're at 50 millimeters. No, something more zoomed in would have a, a bigger number. So like, oh, okay, 75, 100. You know, so if you if you're taking like a really big, far away, maybe you have like a 200 millimeter lens. It, yeah. Oh, yes. I think most, um, yeah, most uh, portrait work is done at like 75 to 50 millimeters. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a little bit more, because the more zoomed in, the th- like it's more flattering on your face as well. The, the, the more wide angle lenses make your face look a bit uh, chubbier. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. And so... Yeah, so, okay, so the more zoomed in, you're going to have a larger number. Um, and you're saying portraits are about 70. Let's say you're taking a um, a beach shot. Maybe you want to get the whole beach, so you want to zoom out a bit more. So you're probably going to be aiming for, what, about 25, 15, 25? Dep- uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, yeah. It, it depends. You know, it depends on how big the beach is, where you're standing on the beach. You know, you could take the whole – if you stand, like, on top of the mountain and you take photo of the beach, you could have, you know, like a 100 millimeter, and that will take photo of the whole beach, you know? But, um, yeah, it, it really depends on where you are, where you're standing. But generally, if you want to take in more of the environment, you have a smaller millimeter number. Right. Okay. And what's the other the other ring? And what's the other ring do? Uh, the other ring is your, like, your focus, your focal. So, you have, um, so what they call your, your focal length is how much of the environment in front of you is in focus. So, like, you say you have, like, one, you said you have like a zoom lens that's pretty tight and it's pretty far away. You might have like one meter of, like, say it's a uh, ten meters to the subject, and then one meter is in focus, and then everything behind that one meter is out of focus again. Does that make sense? Okay, that's yep, cool. That the focal sense. range. So, what that will play with is how far away that focus, that range of focus, is from your lens. So if you're taking something right. near the lens, you want it to bring a bit closer. It's measured in like in meters or whatever. And and um, if you want something far away, you want it, you want yeah the focus the focal length to be not the focal length, but where the focus is to be f- very far away from you, right? So you gotta like adjust it to wherever the um, the subject is. Yeah. Okay, so let's just say in theory, um, I'm. Just to just to put it in a practical sense, because that's a lot of theory, obviously. So yeah. let's make sure <laughs> people might be able to understand it as a, in a practical kind of way. So I'm taking a picture, 
of a couple. Uh, let's just stick with the wedding theme here. And I, they, the, the couple is about two meters away from me. And then behind them, about a meter behind them is a tree. I want to be able to capture them in, in clear, clear focus. And then I want to get the tree a little bit in focus, but maybe just a touch blurry. But everything beyond the tree, I don't. I, I want to keep it kind of blurry. It's kind of a green scene behind the tree. So what what's my zoom going to be, and what's my focal range? My focus going to be on the on the uh, on the settings, give or take. Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah. That's that's a really good example because um, it shows you how you can use the focus of your camera to get parts of the environment that you want and part and move up parts that you don't want. That's like a really good tip, actually, for beginners. And, you know. Yeah. to like isolate yeah. your subjects basically um yes so how would it well what, how would you do that would you so for that? so i mean let's just say you're shooting at 75 millimeters right because uh you know you want that nice you know skinny faces and that and you're sh and you just have to adjust your distance like your distance as in physically how far away far you wait far away you are so you mm -hmm. either walk closer to them or further away depending on how much of the background you want to capture right does that make sense? Because the further you are from your subject, the more of the background you capture. Right? And vice versa. And, and yeah, exactly, vice versa. Yeah. So okay. you want to so like choose those about two, distance, yeah. I'm about two meters. I'm about two meters away from my, my subjects then. Yeah, it's it's really easy actually, because you just adjust your the focus ring, you just adjust it so it's two meters away from you. Usually you just do it by eye, like you can you can play because you see photographers like play around with those rings. They're either zooming or playing around with the focus. So you just play around with the focus, get it further or closer until you get them in focus. It's actually that easy. Oh, okay. There's oh, no okay. yeah. So some some you some don't need to know the numbers. You just need to no. yeah. Some cameras oh, have okay. a guide. It's like two meters away. You just set it to two meters, and bang, they're they're in focus two meters away. But generally, you just want to. Oh play around and get them in focus oh that's pretty easy then okay yeah, that's not so bad then yeah so it's not a number setting you don't need to yeah you just need to no. adjust really basically. there's only two slash three numbers you need to memorize which is the shutter speed and um the f-stop number which is the aperture yeah okay cool interesting uh, so um yeah when people are sitting there adjusting your lenses a hundred times that's what they're trying to do they're really trying yeah. to get that proper focus yeah that's exactly right yeah yeah okay cool all right um, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so one tip. So yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So no, go one ahead. tip is that uh, a lot of lenses they will, you know, a really popular lenses like twenty four, like twelve to twenty four millimeters, which is they're talking about the zoom of your lens, and um, so all most lenses, like there's two types of lenses: zoom lenses, right, and like non zoom lenses. <laughs> And, and non zoom, uh, okay. Yeah, so they call it. Um, I forget the name of. That's why I said non zoom. To be honest, <laughs> that's all right. That's uh, fine. But they 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 primarily don't zoom, right? That's yeah. The, the whole and yeah, fixed yeah. focal length, they call it fixed focal. No, fixed length. Fo that, prime that a prime lens. Either have a prime lens or a, or a zoom lens, right? And um, so prime lenses, they're usually better quality, but you can't zoom. And zoom lenses, for the same quality, you have to spend a lot more money. But um, yeah, but you can zoom, <laughs> and right. So the good thing of getting like a fifty millimeter prime lens is really, really like crazy good value for money, right? Like you get like such a good lens at that. They call it the Nifty Fifty, 
because you get such a, a good quality. 50. Yeah. You get like hundred bucks <laughs> okay. for like a, a good lens. Yeah. So that if, if yeah. you're looking for it to buy a new lens to replace your, uh, the kit lens, the lens that your camera comes with, then definitely look at the prime lenses at 50 millimeters. Yeah. If prime lenses at 50 millimeters. Okay. That's good to know. Prime, prime at 50. Cause like you said, the human eye is around 50. You said. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what most photographers will tell you. And of course we're talking about, we're talking about healthy human eyes, people that don't have to wear glasses. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that kind of just affects your focus, right? It doesn't really affect how zoomed in. Oh, it doesn't affect zoom. Oh, yeah. okay. Fair enough. You know what I mean? See, this, is why, this is why I need to learn this stuff. Cause yeah. obviously I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying, I was just trying to make a crack at people that have to wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> I I have been blessed with very good eyesight that I'm eventually going to lose when I'm 40 years old, like my father. So, uh, um, <laughs> enjoy while it lasts. But yeah, no, I, okay. So, so a 50 milliliter, uh, sorry, 50 millimeter uh, prime lens is kind of the the your starting point. Then after after that, when you feel more comfortable, I would definitely suggest people kind of start looking if you're going to get more into the hobby. And I know some people, um, you know, they get really into it. There's um. Yeah, uh, buying buying glass, like buying lenses, is like people get addicted to that. Oh, I can. You're, I, you're I stuck, don't have a doubt. Like, can you imagine like you're stuck taking this particular type of photo, and then you buy a new lens, and suddenly like you have all these possibilities, and your brain just goes wild with like imagination, like thinking about oh, now I can do this kind of shot, now I can do this kind of shot, like how about this, and just yeah, it can get really addicting. Buying lenses. Yeah. How uh, how many lenses do you own, my man? I. I only own like three lenses right now. Um, yeah, that's all right. Then that's pretty responsible. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty responsible. Like you buy, you, you gotta start off buying the um, the more most useful lenses. And if you want to take a step above fifty millimeters, and the next most useful lens would be a twelve to twenty four millimeter zoom lens, just because right. that's like that covers ninety percent. Yeah, you're you're I know you're not you're not professionally taking photos. Right. Uh you, you you have a great it's a great hobby that you definitely you do take great photos, don't get me wrong, but it's just uh it's not your job. I kept saying twelve, twenty-four. What I actually meant to say was twenty-four to seventy. That's the lens. Twenty-four to seventy. Twenty-four to seventy. Twenty-four to seventy. Okay. Yeah. All right. I just so I had that's I gonna had be a, I had a twelve to twenty-four in my hands, so I kept saying that, but what I, what you want is a 24 to 70 that's the most okay, so, popular useful zoom lens so that will cover about like you said about 90 percent of what you need to cover yeah because that's because 24 is, is decently wide um i mean you're not going to do astral or something with that but it's decently wide i mean you could and 70 right. is you know you can do portraits and things like that and it's decently zoomed in yeah, you can get some probably you can get some great facial shots and stuff like that. So yeah, because yeah, like I was saying before, you you you're not you don't work professionally with cameras. It's just more of a no, hobby a for hobby. yourself. Yeah, so you, yeah. you don't need. Yeah, so it, this kind of lens with that uh, a twenty four seventy is probably going to cover the range that you're going to be taking as an amateur, as a as a as a uh, non professional. I mean, any so, professional, if they could only have one lens with them, I'm. I'm almost hundred percent sure they would. Most people would choose the twenty-four to seventy. I'm so sure of that. It's just such okay. a like universal, useful lens that. Anyways, yeah, I have, yeah, no, I have no. no doubt in my mind. Yeah. 
Very good. Um, okay. Um, anything else you want to cover for the topic today? Um, let me let me think about that. Uh, so we talk about Zoom. Da, da, da. Yeah, there there is one more. There is one more actually. Okay. Okay. So there's a there's a wild card number because I said you have to really remember two or three numbers. So there's like one more number which is I kind of want to leave to last on purpose. It's the ISO. Oh. The ISO. Okay. The ISO is um, it's basically how sensitive the film or the sensor is to light. Does that make sense? Okay. So yep. if you have a really quick shutter speed, but the film or the sensor is really sensitive to light, then you might still overexpose your shots. It might still get really bright. And this now this would be a setting found on the camera rather than the lens itself, right? Yeah, I mean, all these settings you adjust on your camera. You just have to, again, you have to just read the manual of your camera or go to the internet and Google it and kind of like learn where these settings are on your camera. Okay. But, um... Yeah, so so yeah, I but yes, generally it's a it's a camera thing, not a lens thing. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. But basically, basically, you want to keep the ISO at at the native camera ISO, which is ninety percent of the time one hundred ISO. One hundred ISO. Is yeah, you, just keep it at the kind keep it of one hundred default. Yeah. Um, you, you can play around with it. You do get like you. You kind of get different effects, but not really if you adjust it. The main reason you'd want to bring it up is if the scene is a bit dark and you can't get that like crispy shutter speed that you want, which which can happen all the time, especially as it's getting sunset. Like I, I shoot above one hundred all the time. It just really depends on how much light there is, you know. So um, the disadvantage with shooting at a higher shutter speed is your your image starts becoming um uh like it becomes dirtier what what do they call it grainy yeah yeah you get that grainy kind of vibe it becomes grainy yeah yeah. yeah. so like if you take a photo at night with your camera phone you notice it's like really grainy that's because the the phone brought up the iso without you knowing so um but then without bringing up the iso you never have gotten the shot at all so you so bringing up the ISO is better than not having a shot. But you just have to learn at what point does your camera become grainy and kind of like play around with that and, you know. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's a good tip. Yeah, being able to uh, try and reduce grain, uh, that's, so that's an ISO setting that you need to make sure that you, you kind of play around with with your camera. And like yeah. you said before, you got to know your camera, and that's probably a very big tip for, for, this, for this topic specifically. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I think I think yeah, that's interesting. Sure. Just like knowing what the settings do, and just going out and doing it. And that's the best way to learn. That's yeah, for sure. That's, I mean, th- this is all very useful information. I knew, I think, a quarter of this maybe. Like I knew some of the phrases, but I didn't know how they worked within conjunction with each other. So this is yeah, it's great tips. I um I don't own a camera myself, so yeah, <laughs> so I'm not gonna be able. <laughs> so I'm not gonna be able to go but, out and take practice ever, with it. But. If someone ever gives you a camera, you know, you know now now know what to do. If if you're looking to buy a, a camera and you and um you know you don't have one you wanna you wanna try on these like manual settings, go to the store, go to your local camera store and say like you know I'm an amateur photographer. I uh, I was looking to a like I'm a beginner photographer and I was looking to get a camera and they'll let you try out cameras and lenses. And usually they're pretty cool yeah. about it because that might lead to a sale, right? So usually they'll just like you can be in the store just taking photos, looking at it, play with the settings. 
you might get surprised with like even looking at the little screen at the back of the camera of how like nice looking your photos can become just by messing around with the settings and having to having to play um yeah. yeah that's a great tip yeah yeah definitely a very practical life tip if you want to get a camera test it out don't don't just you know go blind and, oh i'm just gonna get this canon because someone because andrew said it was good on the podcast you need to you know get what works for you yeah. within your price range and what makes you feel makes you feel you know you're gonna get the best kind of work out of it yeah ask ask your camera store or like ask um just go to google and find out what camera and what lens kind of like suits what you want to take photos of um if you don't really know what you want to take photos of you get like some all-rounder camera i would, I would well, say uh, that was... I, I, actually before we go as well there are other yeah. settings on your f- on your camera besides manual there's like aperture priority mode and um shutter priority mode which is kind of like you know you adjust only one setting like you adjust just your aperture or just your shutter speed and the camera does the rest of the work so if you if you want to step to manual and you're kind of a little bit scared, start off with those modes, adjust just one of those settings, and then mm-hmm. uh, and then yeah, the camera will do the rest of the work. But I definitely recommend just jumping to manual and and making mistakes and losing your taking terrible shots and <laughs> learning from it. Yeah, yeah, it sounds yeah. like doing it manual because you're gonna get more you're going to get more experience quicker. You'll definitely be able to see how everything kind of balances with each other. And then you'll be able to take better shots down the road. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a lot easier than it sounds as well. Like you, you probably listen to this like wall of information. That's, you know, I just hit you with, maybe go back and listen to it again if you need to. But once you're doing it, it's, it all just clicks. Like it's a lot easier than, than it sounds with all this jargon being thrown at you. Yeah. So, cause uh, just to wrap up here, you've been taking, uh, f- photos on manual for about how long now? Yeah, from from when I got my ca- first camera till now, I've I've and never shot auto. So that would be about how many years ago? Yeah. Uh, so when I first got my, D- my first DSLR camera like two three years ago, I'd say. See, so, there you go. That's yeah. that's that's so yeah, two three years ago, and you're taking amazing shots now. So yeah, thanks. Yeah. It it's it's so it, it doesn't take. It doesn't take, you know, half your life to try and figure out how manual works. It's, it, it is something you can definitely pick up and No, yeah, I, I picked it up learn. like a week. I just, like I could work out. I mean, I wasn't very good after a week, but I could, yeah, I could take a photo with a, in manual. Not even a week. <laughs> let me be honest. It was, it was like just to take a photo in manual is like a few hours. You know, you can just like sit down and play. You won't be, you, you'll be very bad. You'll take like out of focus because every time you take photo like, oh it was out of focus oh it was too bright too dark whatever and then you just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep learning and you know a month later you look back on the original photo and then be like um you just see how much you improve that's the other thing with like photography is if you save all your photos never delete you know have a little hard drive save all your photos in you'll see like how fast you improve and it's, it's really cool yeah yeah perfect. start at instagram like why not like yeah, it's a great thing that yeah have to get professional with those, just to see how much you've improved. And down the road, you uh, we're gonna definitely do a topic. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit you down and make sure you sure you do a topic on Photoshop because or photo editing, not not yeah. We'll do Photoshop. we'll do Lightroom. Um, yeah, Lightroom. Okay, cool. Perfect. Lightroom is like yeah. the the light the just to give people an idea. It's just like it's like Photoshop but just for photography, and it's That's super awesome. easy to use and like it'll take your photography to the next level for sure. Yeah, yeah, we definitely need to do a topic on that one for sure. Um, but that's pretty much it for it today, I, I imagine. Yeah, that, did you have it. any other final remarks? No, that's uh, no more remarks, no more 
no more like oh wait one second i this is one more thing i want to say yeah <laughs> that's nah, it. you're all right eh <laughs> so uh uh make sure to, to hit us up at common knowledge at gmail.com uh if you have any questions for andrew and i about the topic for today or any previous topics that we've been talking about or uh we'll be on tw- we're on twitter as well like common knowledge pod as well yeah we'll definitely be checking those reading every comment um yeah, so what, what are you next week matt do you do you know yet pardon What's the, what we're doing what's next, next week? week subject? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, it's going to be a surprise. Well, man, a surprise? I, uh, yeah, be surprised. It's going to yeah. be. It's going to be some. Uh, let me tell. I'll, I'll tell you something. Uh, it's going to be something that is very much found in Canada. Uh, that is very important for for the the culture of my country. So we'll be talking we'll be a little Canadian bit about that next week. Oh, I'm pretty excited. I hope. I hope it's how to. Pretty excited. Tap yeah. A maple it, tree. it has to do with. It has to do with the current events of. Uh, oh, it's not how to tap a maple tree. Maple tree. No. No. How to make maple syrup. No, but, but that might be a topic. That might be a topic. Save it for, <laughs> save, if, save you it want, for the maple if you want how to make maple podcast. syrup, if you, if you want that as a topic, please uh, send us a message on yeah, our Twitter. Send us a message. We'll be sure to cover it for you guys. Uh, but until then, uh, I have been Matt. And I'm uh, I'm pretty sure I'm Andrew. You're still Andrew, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty we'll, sure. We'll check in with you guys next week. Yeah, see you, mate.